You are listening to The Unknown Good, a podcast of KZUM 89.3 FM and KZUM HD, produced by Nebraska Transition College. It empowers individuals with autism and other disabilities to learn, work, and live within our communities. I'm your host, Dr. Stuart Stoffrin, and with me today is my co-host and producer, Leo Saravale. And our guest today, Becky Tegler. No matter your age, everyone has a story. We each have struggled, succeeded, failed, celebrated, mourned, faced adversity, summoned courage, continuously shaping who we are. Within all of that, we have either witnessed, participated in, or instigated acts of grace, kindness, and humanity. The Unknown Good is about everyday people, the common Joe or Jane, and their everyday acts of grace, kindness, and humanity, big and small, how they affect us, how they inspire us, and how we can actively look for opportunities to shape the world with more. So let's get uh, let's get uh, to our guest and find out more about uh, her unknown good. Like I said, my guest today is Becky Tegler. Hello, Becky. Hello. You'll find out uh, what she does at the end of our podcast. That's our little surprise. For now, let's uh, find a little bit more about uh, what makes Becky tick. Now, the fun part about this is Becky doesn't really know what's going on. Right. I have she, no idea. She gets in here and she's uh, uh, throwing herself at our mercy with this podcast. So we thank you very much for coming in here, Becky, and, and being our guinea pig. Thank you. All right. So, Becky, first thing, I'm going to throw you a softball. Small town or big town? Which do you prefer? Uh, I like I like the big town, I think. I like there's always something to do. There's lots going on. Um, to, to visit. I like the big okay. town to visit. Can I qualify that? Sure, you can qualify that. So you like to visit a big town, but uh-huh. you want to live in a small town. Then come back on home. Uh-huh. When you talk about home, uh, where where is home? So I was born and raised here in Lincoln. So okay. Lincoln is home for me, yeah. So Lincoln is a small town. So I would consider it, um, yeah. I mean, I, I often say Lincoln is small town in lots of ways. Connections and people you meet, you're going to... You're going to fall in line with them again. And um, I often tell people, be nice to each other because you never know you're going to run into each other again here in Lincoln. So, yeah, small town. And Lincoln's a town of 275,000 people. Right. So what about a town of 4,500? I don't think I could do that. No? Uh Uh-uh. What is it about that that makes it difficult? I think that um, I would be worried that everybody knows what's going on with everybody else. Um. You know, and I've, I've heard that too, and I've heard that a lot, but, you know, and I'll, I'll push back a little bit. Uh-huh. Is there anything wrong with having those connections in a small town? Or maybe that's the wrong way of saying it. Are those, uh, I, I totally get where you're coming from because, you know, I don't need everybody knowing what's going on, essentially peering through my window every night, right? <laughs> but at the same time, is it nice to have those connections at, at a time when we need them? Is it easier to to initiate and nurture those connections in a small town, do you think? See, that's where I think Lincoln, for me, is the best of both of those. Because you can find those connections and those those maybe small town qualities, but yet we've got access here to people, um, professionals and opportunities sure. and mm-hmm. other stuff. 24-hour groceries. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> and professionals that you may need and um, education and retail, other things here that... You know, maybe in a small town, 24-hour grocery is close to 10 o'clock. So, right. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot. All right. Well, that's that's your first softball question. Okay. I'll give you another one here. What is your spirit animal, your animal spirit, and why? Um, so I love I love a good peacock. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I know. Tell, tell right? me more. So there we go. <laughs> um, so years ago, I um, was attending a summer camp at the Lincoln Children's Zoo here in town um, with one of my children. And one of the camp directors explained how the peacocks are so noisy at night that some of the people that live near the zoo will call for support after hours and say somebody's in that zoo and is hurt and they'll say no it's the peacocks like they just <laughs> the, the noise they make sounds and so then at, every time since when we were in the zoo and i hear that noise i'll say oh, everybody's fine it's that peacock just being dramatic drawing some attention um when they get all kind of hot and bothered and they throw those feathers out <laughs> they can make make a scene if they want otherwise they just you know they'll be perched on top of a building you don't even see them and until they you? need something. Is that you? I think I, I like to kind of be behind the scenes a little bit. If I need to, to perk up attention to get some people to notice, I can do that. And right. then I like to fade back out. And if I need to, you know, make some noise, I can do that too. So I, so I like the peacock. So do you want to give us a, an example of the peacock? Do you want to give us a, a peacock call? I, I actually am. I don't. I can't even tell you what it would sound like right now. The peacock call. It is just this shrill kind of, it almost sounds like a cry for help. I can't, I would do it no justice. If you, <laughs> visitors do or drive past and you'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the peacock, you don't want to make a sound. No. Uh, you don't want to mimic the peacock. I understand that because I've heard them. So I actually kind of appreciate you not doing that. So thank you. You're Becky. welcome. Let's do the next question here. As you uh, 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 talk about, as you look at uh, the life you've lived okay. and the relationships of the people in your life, past and present. Alive and deceased, it's a tough one. If you could go back in time and alter one event, conversation, relationship, and know that no other chain of events would occur from that chain, what would it be and why? So anything in your life, event, conversation, could be even the smallest conversation, could be a relationship that needed to be improved, could be a, a one specific event that happened, but by making a change, nothing else will change. So your life would be the same as it is right now, mm-hmm. but you could still make that change. What would it be? I had, um, so I've had some great family and I had a great, um, an aunt that was pretty, um, involved in my life growing up and, um, just part of everything. And I, I think at some point, when we knew um, she's passed away and when we knew that, that we were about to be saying goodbye, if there was a chance to go back there and insert something extra, mm-hmm. that would probably be where um, I had good time with her at the end and um, got to make some requests of her, which she follows through on, um, I say. But but I would probably try to... What do you mean? Well, um, I am a person of faith. I believe things happen just as they're supposed to and steps are ordered and life is how it's supposed to be for me. Um, and along those lines, I made a request to her to send me a sign so I would know when she's around. And I always had a thing about butterflies for whatever reason um, since I was little. And so my request, um, I just had said to her, send me a butterfly so I know when you're around. And it was one of those things you say and you, in the moment, maybe it makes you feel better and you think, okay, it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and things happen and there's a funeral and people move back to life and life gets going. And, and maybe you think it might happen, but it won't. And yeah. Right. And then, and then you see a butterfly and you go, okay, wait, was, was that it? Or was that just chance or how? 
So I'm always kind of aware and, and pretty realistic person also. Especially if you see a butterfly flying around your living room, well, right? <laughs> and, and so what happened is I saw a butterfly in winter. Oh, and yeah. and I was coming out of one building and going into another, and and I say winter. It was very. It was probably fall. It was cool where you right. maybe wouldn't see butterflies. Right, right. Hanging out, and one just happened to kind of go right in front of me, mm. and I thought, okay. I looked up um, from where I was walking, and there was a bunch of windows, and there had been some sort of artwork done in these windows by children, and there was um, there's an art project lots of people do with young kids, where you use tissue paper. And you put it into some sort of a frame and put it on a window and then sunlight can come through it. It looks sure. like stained glass. There were butterflies mm. on the window. And then yet that same day I got something where there was a sticker on a paper for me of a butterfly. And I thought, okay, I got it. The same day? Yes. All, and I yeah. went, okay, fine. So it once was like a, whoa, wake up. Right, sure. Two was like, oh, that's cute. but it, And so then the sticker, the third piece, I went, okay, got it. It's a neon. You. And so I will find butterflies, see butterflies. I guarantee you when I leave here, there'll be something butterfly today to say, <laughs> you mentioned it, and here I am. So, so it takes three times to conk you over the head. For me, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, really yeah, get the that's message a fair through. assessment, okay. too. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Well, I, you, I mean, man, that was a tough question. You hit it out of the park, yeah, right? Well, I mean, good. I mean, especially you didn't know anything was coming in. No. All right. So let's, let's, keep, it, uh, let's keep it tough on you here. Okay. So we, uh, I talk a lot about grace and what grace means and how we can implement it in our lives. And um, so, of course, that's going to have an impact in these interviews. So uh, grace is the, what I, what I, Philip Goulet, actually, uh, this is his definition, uh, the deliberate attempt to act with loving kindness when we didn't have to do so. It could be as simple as holding the door for somebody coming in behind us, getting the pencil of somebody who dropped it on the floor, uh, but something that we didn't have to do for someone, but we did it anyway. So let's talk about that for a minute. So first of all, let me tell you, I just got chills because grace is a is a big word in our house. Um, I'm glad. Grace is, um, you know, the definition we go by in our house is unmerited favor. It is, you get it just because you didn't have to earn it. And then it is our duty to then show grace, pass it forward. Mm. Grace is such a big thing in my family that both my children have grace in their names oh, wow. on purpose. Yeah. So it's this is crazy because I didn't know you were going to ask that question, but definitely the idea of grace is, permeates what we do in our family, what I try to do in my life. Um, so yeah, grace is something that we that we try to pay attention to and and show in what we're doing. Absolutely. And what are the names of your daughter? My daughter's name is um, Stella Nancy Grace. Um, there's a, a, a grandparent component to that as well. And then my son is Grayson by his, oh, awesome. by his grace. I have a son. So, um, it is, that is, that's interesting that that was a, that that's your question. Yeah. Awesome. Well, see, there I mean, we it's, everything happens. It's ordered on purpose. Right? Yep. Right. Okay. So have you ever been the recipient of an act of grace hmm. and did you realize it at the time? That's a good one. Um, you know, I think for me, the idea of being able to acknowledge grace maybe came as I got to be older. Um, and I say that as I look at our, um, producer here who is younger than me, um, <laughs> Mr. Leo, but the idea of grace, I think when you, for me, when I was 20, 30, maybe when I became a parent, um, became an educator that, that it started to feel different. 
and and I would look at situations differently and realize um, the grace that has been kind of infused into different situations for us. Um, it's kind of tough to yeah. I mean, to just select one one component yeah because I mean it happens all the time yeah. right. It's just uh, a lot of the times we're not aware that it's happening. And I think the idea of grace as a single thought and not grace combined with so many other things that people can kind of shovel together um, and being kind and being um, doing what some people would say is the right thing or um, reciprocating um, acts of, of just nice Mm -hmm. back to someone else. So um, for me, I would say maybe a specific grace um, or a situation where I noticed or or appreciated grace Um, many years ago, I, I was at a local store and my son was having a tough time. And um, when you're in the middle of what looks like a tantrum, meltdown, whatever you want to call it, it feels like everyone is watching. And mm-hmm. in all reality, nobody <laughs> really pays attention. Or as Start a, breaking out into a sweat. Yeah. And, uh, or if a parent walks by in their head, they're thinking, oh, judgment. Honey, honey, I remember what that's like. Oh, God yeah. bless you. Or whatever. Empathy. Because, yeah, because we, I've been through it. And, and in the moment, um, I had a... Somebody I didn't know, a stranger, walk up and just say to me, "Can I help you?" Oh, wow! I'm on the ground with this child, and and um, and I it was one of those where mom's eyes lock, and I said, "No, I'm okay, but thank you," because mm-hmm. she didn't have to. Right. And at the same time, for whatever reason, she got it, and she knew just to say, "Like, hey, you're not alone. I right. see you, oh. but I'm not going to make a big deal." So I, that would be a situation. That one hangs with me. Mm. I find myself when it when we are somewhere and I see something going on. I kind of cue in that I think that might be what happens. Mm-hmm. I may go over and say, do you need anything? Right. Um, because you, once you've been through a moment where someone sh- showed grace on you, unmerited favor, they didn't have to, then it is a- appropriate to go show it to someone else. Almost like that, pay it forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you get it. Well, that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you. Have you ever instigated an act of grace? I mean, I know you have, but I mean, can you tell me you know, we like to do lots of, um, in our family, we like to do lots of things to catch people off guard with kindness. So when when my children were young, um, we started the idea of going through the drive-thru and paying for someone behind us. And it's to the point now where my kids will get all amped up about it. And they'll say, Mom, if, if I don't awesome. order a sandwich with that drink, if I just order my drink, will that leave you enough money to pay for that? And they'll say, like, there's a granny behind me and I really want to make her day. And I'll (laughs) say, okay, if if you don't get your sandwich, I got money for for someone. And the idea of, and my kids will say, that's somebody's grandma behind us. I hope that someone does that for our grandma someday. We like to do that. We like to... um, Have you ever, and I I hate to interrupt your thought because I'll come back to that, but have you ever waited? Have you ever watched? Have you ever... Yes. So that the most fun is to watch that interaction when they get surprised at the, right, at the counter right. or they get surprised at the window. My kids like to watch. I'll what watch are, what are some reactions you've seen? They'll wave, they'll honk, <laughs> they'll put their hands through like the, the if there's a moonroof or something or out the window. Um, that's fun. Sometimes it's fun just to drive off mm-hmm. and not see and know that by the time they realize, they'll see we're gone. And, and I, you know, because I think as people, we want to then respond to the kindness. Right, right. So when you can't um, or we'll say, we want to pay for the people behind them. And would you just tell them, you know, they reminded us of our granny and we wanted to say thank you or yeah. um, ask them to do something nice for someone else and then take off and just hope that they'll follow it through. Well, we're funny um, because we <clears throat> we want to be thanked, even though uh, 
being thanked isn't necessarily part of the act of grace because right. we want to do good right. without having to be thanked for it. Yeah. Because um, that's not part of it. Right. It's just a matter of doing the good thing. Yeah. So it's tough when you, when you, and then, you know, when we're raised like we're raised, we want to thank them. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have that opportunity, maybe that's what they use to pay it forward. Well, and, right? and one thing that I have tried to teach my kids, my dad taught us a long time ago when I was young, the act of anonymous grace mm. and how fun it is to not let the other person know that it was you. Right. And if the idea is to make ourselves feel well, then it doesn't matter that they thank us. But it's fun to surprise somebody in a kind way and they have no idea where it came from. Um, unless they're like me where that would drive them nuts. Like who, who you know, bestowed kindness to me and now I got to find out who it's from and where right, did it come right. from. <laughs> so sometimes that's the fun part too is to do something, you know, um, to, to do something kind that no one knows about. So we'll, um, we've gone to um, Mad Dad's several years ago, gave a bunch of money at Christmas time and said, fix some bikes and give them to some kids and we don't want anybody to know. But my son went up and, and gave the money and, and took a picture with um, Reverend Coleman at the time and said, um, you know, this is something kind we want to do. We don't want anyone to know it was us. We're going to take a picture so we can remember it for us. Right. You do what you want to do with that. Or um, the foster care community <clears throat> in town or, or whoever it is. And, and again, it doesn't, we don't want our name on it. We'll know we did something kind. Right. Um, and um, so sometimes that's fun. That anonymous grace is kind of cool. Have you ever been in a situation where you this is the tough one too. These are tough questions. Have you ever been in a situation where you could have been gracious, mm-hmm. but you let the opportunity slip by? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And and those are the tough ones when then when you leave and you think, man, I missed <laughs> it's it. It's kind of like coming up with that comeback yeah, line yeah. that or you don't. <laughs> it's somebody watching me and they know that I wasn't kind or didn't do something graceful right there um, that, that I could have. Sure. I mean, yeah. I think that, that we all have those or those moments where you second guess yourself. Right. And then when you, you know, either go back or could go back, you missed it. Right. And and then it would be awkward or not appropriate or right. something. Right? Hey, and then, hey, can hey, I do wait, this I thing? I need to pay for what you just paid for because my kids are watching. That's not, it doesn't mean quite the same. So, yeah, I think absolutely. And you have to, you have to balance that with not being, you know, it's got to be realistic and it's got to right. be um, heartfelt. And right. you don't want to do it just to say, yeah. gosh darn it, we're going to do something nice. Let's right. go find someone that's going to take our grace. <laughs> like, that's not the point. It doesn't work quite as well. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Unknown Good, a podcast of KZUM 89.3 FM and KZUM HD. Our guest today is Becky Tegler. I'm your host, Dr. Stuart Stoffrin, with my co-host and producer, Leo. Sarah Volahan. We'll be right back. The Unknown Good is a podcast produced by Nebraska Transition College, whose mission is to empower individuals with autism and other disabilities to learn, work, and live within our communities. In addition to the partnership with KZUM, we would like to recognize Cassie Olin and the Nebraska Realty High Five team for their support in underwriting this podcast. Buying or selling, look her up. We would also like to recognize Green Flash Brewhouse and Eatery at 1630 P Street in Lincoln, host of our Atypical Ale Project, where good food, good beer, and great conversations lead to connected communities. If you want a good burger washed down with a fantastic IPA, look no further. Well, we're back here with uh, Becky Tegler. Um, You are listening again to The Unknown Good, and I am your Host Dr. Stuart Stoffrin and my co-host is Leo Zeravale, and we've been listening to Becky. She's got an interesting story. Uh, we've discovered that her spirit animal is a peacock, 
um, because the peacock can, what was it again? Ruffle of feathers when it wants to, and yep. it's got a great uh, call to attention if it needs to get it. Um, but it, uh, what else? Otherwise, it, kind of just fades to the back. Right, yeah. It's to just kind of yeah. observe. It kind of surprises you once in a while, too, as you're walking yeah, around. It's a big know. bird, and it's just kind of there, right. hidden. So, right. awesome. <laughs> well, I've got a couple more softball questions for you here. Okay. Are you a tweeter, Instagrammer, Facebooker, all of the above, or none of the above? So, I'm a Facebooker, and I know that kind of makes me, that starts to age me a bit. because Isn't that funny? I mean, I know. all of a sudden, if, if, if we use Facebook, now we're old. We're old, yeah. The, the tweeting thing, I just can't wrap my head around it and I've tried, um, but I can't. And Instagram, um, I've got an Instagram. I post something sometimes when I remember, but then I can never figure out. The thing I, I hate about Instagram is that I can't just put my cursor on and and copy someone's picture when I like it. Right, right. Whereas on Facebook, I can just, as long as there's some sort of public access to that picture, if you post something I like, I it can be now become mine and I can like it too. And um, You know, all of our young listeners are now just rolling their eyes at us. I know. Right? It's, well, that's the thing. As soon as we figure out how to do something, they figured out something else. They're Snapchatting. They're right. doing, you know, they're, yeah, they'll, and that's how technology goes, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Sh- I should have never asked the question, should I? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> We're going to tune us out. Dog or cat? I'm a dog person. We've always grown up with dogs. We've got one now who's the laziest, loveliest thing. Um, what kind? She's a Shih Tzu Basset Hound. So if you think about that for a minute... Wow. So her front little legs are like basset hounds, and then she's a shih tzu. So she's kind of a fuzzy ottoman, low to the ground. <laughs> and she's she has selective hearing, like my teenager, and um, she's pretty picky on what she likes to eat. Um, and then she just sleeps a lot. All pretty right. Low maintenance, yeah. Well, yeah. But I dogs, mean, cats, I just can't wrap my head around them. You can't call for them and have them run up to you. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just a, when they lick you, it hurts. Yeah, and they get excited and accidentally, you know, stab you with a nail. And I just, I can't, I'm not, I can't get over that one. Uh-uh. All right. Can you talk about uh, getting back into the, the harder questions here for you to get to know a little bit more about Becky Tegler? Tell us about a recent personal struggle. And, um, you know, as you're moving through that, do you have a process as you confront adversity or are you a messy adversity confronter? Mm. Um, do you rely on others for help? Do you go it alone? So tell us how you move through that process and maybe a, a personal struggle recently. Sure. Um, so I will say I used to be of the idea that if I want to get it done and do it right, I'm going to do it by myself and then I can be in control of it and, and it will be done how I think it should be. Um, and that was how I thought until um, my son came into my world and I realized that I cannot do any of this by myself and I'm going to need people from professional to just informal supports. Can you tell us a little bit more about your son? Sure. So um, my son is 13 now and came home to me when he was about 16 months old through foster care um, and, and ended up, um, I was able to um, adopt him when when that became an option when he was almost five. So he had been with me almost three years. Um, And as my son, for all intents and purposes, legally became my son then before he was about five. And um, my son early on had a huge smile, a huge grin, um, very, very busy, loved to have fun, but there was something else going on 
early on. And I'm um, a lifetime educator. I kind of mother everybody, tended to always do that. And I realized pretty quickly with him, I couldn't fix what was going on. I needed to rely on some other people to help me figure it out. Um, and so that was probably the first time I realized that going it alone is not going to be the answer and that I didn't know exactly what to do and, and to kind of rely on, on other people and, and call in for reinforcement. Um, and I think I've, because of the nature of, of parenting, um, my son and my daughter who also has, um, some, uh, special need to her, um, and the nature of what I do, just uh, my, my heart of work, I've learned that, that I have to ask other people to help. Um, and that that's really been a benefit. There's a lot of people, even in this community, that know a lot of really great ways to do good things. So I don't, I don't really go it alone anymore. I, I think I would rather partner up and, and um, connect with people to, to um, <clears throat> solve some problems or, or just to kind of live life and, and do it, um, not do it alone anymore. Right. Yeah. Is that an, yeah, do, you, do you look for networks or how do you nurture those relationships. So I'm old fashioned and I use Facebook, which we just yes, talked about. Yes, but I will tell you in <laughs> the goal of our listeners. Right. In a place like Lincoln where um even though it is kind of biggish, small townish, um, it is still big enough that there's enough people here doing something that Facebook is a has been for me a way to find who here maybe has what I need or can help me figure out how to connect to who I need. Um so through Facebook and through some, you know, mom groups or events in town. And Facebook has worked as kind of a catalyst to help connect me to what's going on to find somebody else. Um, so that's been, that's been one way that definitely, and just asking people um, if somebody mentions someone and that somebody, you know, could connect me with, or, or here's the name of someone who maybe could help, then I'll make phone calls or I will ask. Again, that's kind of right. the peacock in me where I will right. just perk up and get what I need and figure it Call out. out. Yeah. yeah. And ask for someone to help. Yeah. What does the world need right now, Becky? I'm uh, quoting the famous Burt Bacharach. Right. So the world right now, we really need to look at inclusion as just how we're going to live as people. Mm. I think lately we um, have found lots of ways to seclude and, and um, disinvite or uh, you can name it how you want to, but taking people and put them in pockets according to what we think they need mm. or according to what we think is best. We need to ask people and, and then find ways to include a person and in, in what they want and how they want to do it. Um, and so I think inclusion in any kind of business, in any kind of education, any community, it's, we've got to find ways to connect and make things work for everyone um, in a way that really feels meaningful um, to individual people. Hmm. Inclusion. If you were told today that you had only six months to live, Becky, but during that six months, you would continue to maintain good health before starting to, to decline. What would your top three priorities be? Wow. Okay. So I've got three wishes. To <laughs> I guess we can look at it like right. that. Three um, wishes. Right. right. So I think, um, well, for me, I'm a single parent um, and I have two kids. And so number one is, is um, them. So my 13-year-old and my 8-year-old figuring out what, what will come for them and who will care for them. Um, so that would be number one. 
Number two, um, I have a dream project in my mind that I've been trying to keep moving forward on getting done, something that I want to do in, in our community. And so I think I would put power to time and see how quickly I could get some things in motion. Um, that is kind of a, it's a project of, of really hope and inclusion and, and getting people connected in town to do some good things. Hmm. That would lay some groundwork for my children long-term when right. I'm not here as well. And I think number three, um, I think it would be one of those cliche, like memory making moments, pictures, um, hmm. you know, making sure there's something of me for my kids to see when I'm gone. Let's move on to a different question. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't <laughs> that it? That is yeah. a tough one. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to think about that. Well, no one does, but you know, it, it's funny how we take time for granted. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. we, um, you know, we could walk out of this building and a, a random piece of space junk could take us out, right? Right. And but we, right. and our legacy is everything we've done up until that moment. Mm -hmm. That that becomes our life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I encourage people to now take those top three things and go do them now, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's interesting too. Um, it wasn't about traveling, right? No. It wasn't mm -hmm. about you know, no, nope. buying a yacht. All focused on uh -uh. your kids, right? Uh, yeah, that's most just kind of how, yeah, and that would, yeah, those, uh, all the other stuff is nice and, and, and great, but I would, I would rather, yeah, be in, um, around my, my family and do something family oriented and, um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about something very similar to this this morning, again, um, making a connection with somebody, scheduling a time to sit down and talk with someone and see how our worlds could kind of partner up. And it was that same thought, like the idea that, our life work is when we're gone, how nice for someone to remember what we did when we were still here. Right, a legacy. Yeah, yeah. And that, that even if it is in Lincoln, Nebraska, it doesn't have to be this huge scale that there's so much good that is done here that, that when you leave, how wonderful it would be for someone besides your family who you hope has right, to right, remember right. you yeah, for to. someone else to be able to say that person, you know, left an imprint on me mm -hmm. and, and I will go on and do something great because that person did something great right. for me. Um, so that's a good question that you asked, yeah. Well, kind of building on that, I, I oftentimes, when I do public speaking, I talk about, you know, we value money. It's easy to understand what that looks like on a debit card. Mm -hmm. You know, when we use a debit card, we're using uh, uh, typically a finite amount of money. And we plan so much for bills that we have to obligate our money to and others that we can just use the money however we want, or discretionary funds. But we oftentimes don't think about that the same way with regard to time. Mm. We a lot of times take time for granted. Right. But if I were to give you a debit card and it was loaded with all of the seconds you have left in your life, but you didn't know how many seconds were on it, right? And everywhere you went, you had to utilize it. So you're here. So you had to obligate an hour. So it's just like pre-authorizing at the gas station, right? You put it in, you pre-authorize it and, and you give me an hour of your time. Waking and sleeping, you have to utilize that wherever you go and everything you do, much like every other transaction, would it change the value of the actions you would take? So you're sitting with me here, but when you have to run that credit card to, or not a credit card, a debit card, mm -hmm. would you rethink how you want to use those seconds? So you've given me an hour, but would you start to think, how oh, do I really want to do that? Because... I don't know how many seconds are left on That's a this. Great question. 
So, so this hour I would definitely keep because <laughs> this one is know. good. Um, but but it, it does change, make you think. Yeah, Absolutely. It change and, the values or how you would spend your time. So I, I, um, I a couple years ago, I made a comment similar to this to some of my colleagues. And I said, if we look at our work week and break it into chunks of time, you know, there's, there's only so many chunks of time in every day that we can do all the things we want to get done. And at some point, we have to be okay at the end of the day saying, you know, right. I'm going to close this and leave it right here. And it'll get the best of me tomorrow morning when I come back. But tonight, my family's going to get the best of me. Right. Because you, there's got to be a boundary. Or, or you're going to run yourself out of steam for anyone and for anything, be it good or bad minutes, right? right? right. So you have to be able to, I think, say, these minutes are going to have to be more important than those right now and be okay with it. So I think definitely I, I would do things um, different than I did five or 10 years ago. I think the last couple of years I've started to look at things different um, and use my minutes more wisely. Um, and, and also I think, you know, as technology and, and people get so busy, sometimes our minutes from different categories are fusing together and we have to kind of watch even that. Right. My daughter said to me one night, mom, put your phone down. Oh. That's and awesome. I thought, Lord, she's eight and she's That's <laughs> usually us telling First them, of all, right? she's a spitting image of probably me. That's probably part <laughs> of the, the drama itself. But but the idea of I think I'm sitting with my child and we're watching, you know, something on TV that she's loving, but I'm s- trying to sideways do some work on my phone. Right, right. Check an email or, you know, read a text or something that honestly on Facebook or Yeah, something that could wait two hours till she's asleep and I'm using that minute up more wisely. Right, right. Because that minute with her I'm not gonna get back. Right. We made the comment the other night in the house. I said, you know, you'll never have this summer before third grade again. You know, it was the last day of second grade. I said, this is the last day you'll ever be in second grade. And and she kind of looked at me quizzingly as like, how, how does that work? <laughs> and and I said, because you'll never, and I tried to explain, you know, right, you'll never right. do this. You'll never, and next year when you come, you'll be older. And, and that idea of. Uh, we won't get these minutes back either. Mm-hmm. We won't get this hour back either. So right, right, this hour's gone. Yeah. yeah, being smart about how you use them, right. and 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 like you said, maybe being very intentional. The time that you're in one space, turning the phone over, um, like mine is right now. I don't have so I can give you the best of me, and mm-hmm. then we're done. I got to go give the best of me to someone else. Right, right. And then at some being point, present. Right? Yeah, being present and and soaking it up. And then also finding some time to give the best back to yourself, which is hard as a parent right, yeah. to have some time and have it not be between hours of like 11 and five at night, you know, like having some, some decent time to kind of reload ourselves is tough too. And it's hard as a parent, but, but even more of a challenge as a single parent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and as a single parent with children with special needs. That, that need more. Yeah. Right. So you do, um, you find ways to get creative and all that, but that's a really great question. I think I would challenge other people to think of that same way. Mm-hmm be it parents or be it in a business. I mean, how cool if you, if you were able to have a boss say, I want you all to think about this before we start this next project. Right. right. Um, how are we going to use our minutes wisely? And I think that for me, this past couple of years, I've been probably more efficient in the work I'm doing because I'm being mindful of the time I'm giving it. So instead of, you know, a work day where, you know, okay, I've got seven and a half, eight hours to get X, Y, and Z done. Okay, no, I'm going to spend this hour and get this project mm-hmm. done and be done with it because I don't want it to bleed into the evening right, at home at right. my kitchen table. So, um, yeah, I think if, if I had a debit card with minutes to use, um, I would honor those minutes probably a little differently. A little yeah. differently, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, here's the big reveal. Uh, Becky, tell us a little bit about what you do. What What do you do for a living? How do you so, take up your seconds in the day? Yes. Um, so I was lucky um, 
let's see, over 19 years ago to be hired by Lincoln Public Schools, um, first as a teacher and now as a counselor. And I'm um, a high school counselor. I work at Lincoln High School. And I um, work specifically with our students with special needs. So if a student has an IEP for whatever kind of reason, they are my um And my, what's an IEP? So an IEP is an individualized education plan. Okay. And it can be for lots of reasons. But the IEP in a school setting, a K-12 setting, um, just uh, gives access to education for that student in a way that is specific to what they need. So it doesn't doesn't give you a leg up. It doesn't erase a requirement. It doesn't, um, you know, make it's not intended to make anything easier or or necessarily better. It's, some people may say it just levels the field, so your access is is equal um, as other people would be to the education we provide. Um, for me at Lincoln High, I get to work with lots of families and kids that are sometimes dealing with the same stuff I deal with at home. So my right. two sure. worlds are really um, they they interlock a lot. Um, so that's been helpful, I think. And you've done something pretty special at the We high are school. doing something yeah. pretty cool at Lincoln High. So we established a coffee shop at Lincoln High um, two years ago called Common Grounds. Um, through, I love the name. Through a partnership with the mill here in town, um, we uh, started out as a coffee cart, walking the halls like a gaggle of geese, offering staff some coffee, and, and then it just grew. And um, we serve our staff in our building, and, and staff sometimes come from other places. And who are the employees? Who, who? My employees are students down in our, um, specifically our life skills area at Lincoln High. So students that are getting education, um, some modifications and accommodations to education, um, learning some real life skills um, and, and just some employability skills while they're still at school amongst an environment that's comfortable and welcoming and, yeah. and that they know. Um, and so we've got lots of skills going on um, in the building on Friday mornings during during the coffee shop. And um, it's really grown to be something that our staff looks forward to, I think, as much as our students do um, and has allowed some of our circles of, of connection to expand in our building. My kids know some some staff that they otherwise wouldn't. I've got teachers in my building um, and other staff members that that work more um specifically with students outside of the life skills area, but now they know my life skills kids by name. Um, and we refer to each other, um, you know, they, they are customers in our store and my baristas are serving them and, yeah, awesome. and they take it serious and it's, it's good job skill practice that they could carry into life and, and hopefully work someplace and live somewhat independently as young adults. So, And this is your 19th year? My 19th year in LPS, yeah. Is coming up or just when I finished? just finished it. Just so, finished yeah, this will be year 20. Okay. Yeah. Big 20 year so coming up. Big 20. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Becky. I, I hope I didn't put you on the spot too bad. No, that okay, was good. awesome. Becky, this, this is Becky Tegler, and uh, she was our, was our first guest with The Unknown Good. And this is going to wrap up our first episode. Our guest today, again, Becky Tegler, who is a peacock, a dog. Uh, mm-hmm. counselor, uh, all of the good things. Uh, thank you for being here today, Becky. Thank you. The Unknown Good is a podcast produced by Nebraska Transition College in partnership with KZUM 89.3 FM and KZUM HD. For my, for my producer and co-host, Leo, I'm Dr. Stuart Stoffer, and thank you for joining us. Strange to contemplate or give the time of day I'd straighten out If I thought that things could change I got it Bet baby got you good My brains are scrambled up